Hello, and welcome back to another week of the Airport Minute. We're going to be starting with uh, Minute 6 and heading all the way through the week, and hopefully we'll get up to double digits by the uh, end of the week. I am Jim O'Kane, uh, host of TVDads.com. I'm uh, Mark Cerulli, a freelance writer-producer with the emphasis on free. And I'm uh, the guest today. My name is Brian Fees. I'm a writer cartoonist. I've done graphic novels called Mom's Cancer, Whatever Happened in the World of Tomorrow, and uh, and uh, a whole lot of freelance work. And now, and now you're going to be a movie critic because we're going to be talking about this, the sixth minute. Uh, thanks for staying with us. We are deep into trouble at Lincoln International Airport. Uh, the, uh, AKA the Minneapolis. So, Minneapolis, that's airport. true. Yeah, poor Trans Global 45 went off the runway uh, in earlier minutes, and now they've rerouted all the traffic from the beloved runway 29er over to the savage and badly directed runway 22. So uh, let's get into it. The uh, first thing that happens is the tower tells Air Canada that uh, there's a lot of equipment coming out to grab that 707. A lot of Tonka toys, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, gigantic. I was impressed by the response vehicles. You've got the truck with the big lights on it. You've got the truck with the big, uh, you know, the stairs on it. And you've got the school bus. And then out comes the luggage cart. And I'm wondering if, you know, is the luggage really what you're worried about right then at that moment? Well, back then they had something called customer service. You know, (laughs) there was really a lot of attention to to people. Actually, didn't Jean Seberg apologize as she was helping people off the plane? Yeah, she was saying, you know, this. Sorry, yeah, we drove sorry the plane happened. into a ditch. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> the uh, when we don't know what the operating temperature is of Samsonite luggage, so they might have been bringing it in as a safety warning. That's probably true. Yeah, but, uh, they, they really did speed out there. I mean, they managed to get out there before the customer service people even knew about what was going on. <laughs> so it's very. It was a different good. time. Yeah. Yep. I did. I did like the portable conveyor belt. So that, you know, at least they got the equipment out there, and they got something to make it easier to unload. Um, they didn't have any kind of easy. They they did have that beautiful stair car too. I mean, I've, I've wanted one of those ever since I watched uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll keep an eye on eBay. It's probably out there. It it would be something to have. I just I think I have to enlarge the garage, but uh, still looks uh, handy in uh, Christmas light Christmas tree light time would be a great time for you that. and Petroni out putting out the Christmas tree lights. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's the great thing about a 707. You can string lights from stem to stern, and it'll still power. <laughs> the, uh, so uh, while that's going on, Frank, over at the uh, East Arrivals radar, is uh, explaining to uh, inbound flights that the 2-9ers closed, and we're going to be shipping everything over uh, to, the, to the other runway. Did you notice so how everybody... everyone was immaculately dressed in a, in a pressed shirt and, and crisp tie? I thought that oh, was yeah. kind of funny. It looked like FBI headquarters. It was yeah, amazing. Exactly. Yeah, these Whatever guys happened all, to a dress code? Yeah, Jack Jack Webb stand-ins. They all had the nice uh, the nice black tie right up. To, you know, and it's the night shift too. I mean, these guys are second and third shifters, and they're still you know dressed to the nines. Well, they're all smoking too. You got to have the nicotine to get you through the shift. <laughs> As a cartoonist, I just got to say one point I noticed before we leave the first five seconds of this minute is is one of the guys has an off-model Snoopy doll sitting on his console, and I just thought that was a nice touch for 1970. You know, Peanuts was at its what its its uh, cultural peak, I would say, had musicals and movies, and there's that little Snoopy just sitting there, and that that was a nice detail I appreciated. It humanized. And he was the uh, he, he was the stop with camel uh, World War One Snoopy too. Yep. Didn't he have the? He was the flying uh, yeah, so. Snoopy. Had his little his little uh, hat on and his scarf, and he was ready to fly. So, 
caught my the, eye. The perfect Chopsky, yes. Uh, great little, great little number there. The uh, the tower seems remarkably clear of any other items. I mean, it seemed like strategically placed. There were two small items, and then nothing else. No, uh, the the ashtrays were completely empty. I mean, maybe the cleaning crew had just gone in, but there was nothing out of place in the entire tower. It was. Uh, well, you know what I didn't see in that scene too, and it just occurred to me. Maybe it's there, and I missed it. Is is the big round green screen with the with the radar sweep on it? You don't see. I don't remember seeing that. It must have been a very small and cheap set for that that bit. Well. Well, there actually there's two parts of it. The tower is the ones where they're all telling people where to go. That 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 one set with the giant windows. That's to tell that they're kind of like the traffic right, cops right. for the airport. Then the radar room is the one that um, Doug, that fellow that was on the phone, was calling around and talking to the Jack Webb-looking fellow downstairs. That's where the radars are. So uh, that's where um, uh, that fellow that we just met, Frank, uh, who's handling the east arrivals. He's the kind of uh, Flat faced with a large nose, looking at uh, <laughs> looking at things. He's he plays a major part later on in the uh, triple digit uh, minutes, but we'll be we'll be dealing a lot with Frank later. Um, but quite a yeah. So so two two is getting all the traffic, and uh, then uh, apparently they ha- they need four guys to talk to the number of planes that are going out. But there doesn't seem to be that many planes leaving. Uh, you know, on a snowy night, it, they really need four controllers. Well, who wants controllers. to leave Minneapolis? I mean, <laughs> in the winter, nobody. Yeah, yeah in January, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so he, uh, the one guy, the redheaded fellow in the in the tower, tells uh, Transglobal Ten he's supposed to leave, and so he hits the road and is the first plane off a of two-two, and uh, we go on to the beautiful subdivision of Meadowood. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> it reminded me of Lally Drive in Somers, New York. Yes, it's it's uh it's the Levittown of Minnesota, Minnesota I think. <laughs> uh, that was a very tiny dining room too. I was trying to figure out they had the you know the mom and dad, the two kids, and a china cabinet and what looked and like a pot roast. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> they were ready to roll. Um, and uh, it, it was it was an interesting. This was a this was a G rated film, and they had to limit their ex, expletives. But they managed to switch a prayer into a, a moderate swearing in that uh, uh, that grace moment, yep. um, and it worked. I liked it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I, I I was wondering if that was a one take thing or how many times they had to reset the china closet and have everything go flying. But uh, it was, uh, and and that was their their one moment. I mean, those people are in this movie for all of five seconds. You know, when I, when I when I took thirty seconds to think about that scene, I wondered why why it was there. Are we supposed to understand that this is this? I mean, wouldn't these people be used to it by now? They live. I almost right next thought to it was airport. a crash or something. Yeah. Or or are we supposed to understand that flights taking off from runway two two in this particular configuration was some really strange thing that they wouldn't be hearing eighty times a day? I, you know, it's it's a classic case of overthinking a, a funny scene and probably I, killing the humor in it. But it it puzzled me on reflection of exactly why these people were so rattled. I think they cut it really tightly because I think he was going to reach for a telephone to complain, and then they just they just cut right out of that. That but be. later they reference that uh, the development has been complaining and they want to file a lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and like you said, Brian, this can't be the first night they've flown a plane down r- runway two two. It the the houses have been there. They're they're established. I mean, they were obviously built after the after the airport got there. But runway two two couldn't have been a new runway. Uh, it's very yeah, it's very peculiar. You'd think they would have all the 
all the China would be like sitting on top of styrofoam <laughs> boxes or something. Well, you know, I live in earthquake country, and we take precautions out here. You, you think they'd be the same kind of deal? Yeah, they should have headed for the doorways and just <laughs> waited it out. So uh, I guess the now I'm I'm wondering if they had only flown general aviation planes. I don't know. It's all it's all a mystery. It's all a mystery that will not be answered in the course of this it, movie. It moves the story, but apparently it's enough of a thing that it, when it happens, that that guy Doug, who was uh, picking up the phone and telling he was kind of the tower boss, uh, he must have had a whatever they used back before post-it notes. He must have had one of those in his pockets, I guess the back of a business card or, or a cocktail napkin, and it said, "If you ever use two two again, I want you to call this number." <laughs> right. Right. So he uh, he gets on the phone and he starts talking to some guy named Mel. And says, well, you know, we... Well, Mel. <laughs> yes, welcome to hell, Mel. Hell spells, Mel. Yeah, we so, just lost two-niner. <sighs> let's go get a cup of coffee. They, they really push <laughs> coffee in this movie, I noticed. Yeah, this is, it's, it's all about snow shoveling and uh, light snacks and refreshments. <laughs> just too, too much. But the, uh, yeah, this, this is all prelude. We're going to have quite a week of... Uh, strange things going on and people people dealing with issues that they shouldn't have to and lack of lack of delegation so uh i guess well, I, is anything- I, I had a quick movie making question for you gents because you know this movie better than i do and and i assume most of the shots of aircraft in this movie are are live action i know they actually bought or hired a 707 for this but uh, is there model work in this film as well there, oh my God! It's a horrible. A lot of model yeah. work, yeah. yeah. That's what I would assume, but it, it at least in this minute, it's it's well I, done. I I don't know what's what. I'd call it. Yeah, taco. in this minute, it's all. Well, this is all live action. The stuff that you're seeing in this is uh, all the emergency equipment. That's real size stuff. Oh, I got that. Oh, sure. I, I was thinking and, mostly uh, of the airplanes or the aircraft. Yeah, the air the aircraft shots that are going to come up later uh, when when they take to the air and get above Rises the clouds. Through the clouds, yes. Yeah, that's actually just a. a Dry ice with uh, with a model coming up out of it. The model's probably only about a f- two or three feet long at most. Ruined it for me. I'm sorry. Well, I got one of those for Christmas in 1967, I think. Really? <laughs> wow. Did it? Did it have a hole blown out? Didn't the back? have a hole on its side. No. I still want my uh, Dean Martin uh, pilot action figure. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Complete with a snifter of brandy. Yeah. And, and and the pregnant stewardess. Right. Yeah, pregnant oh, stewardess. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's all That's all to come. Yes, we jumped the but, gun. Yes, but I I think that's it for minute six. I think we've conquered, we we've conquered yet another. minute six. Oh, but there is yet so much time. good stuff coming up. Oh, it's, it's all coming. And people we've actually known. I mean, there's so many unknown people on IMDb that are doing this particular minute. Who knows what happened to them? Maybe... Maybe they'll show up after this podcast and they go, hey, that's Grandpa. And let's not Grandpa. forget John and Dinend as yeah, Doug John... the Chower ta- Chief. Yeah, he is Shout actually out. also he's also the technical advisor. He worked for the FAA and was an air traffic controller. Oh. So he uh, he's the guy that was saying, no, it wouldn't do it like that. You'd say cleared for takeoff. You wouldn't say ready for takeoff. So he did all those things, and he got a SAG card out of the whole thing. So uh, Larry Delaney... The fellow that's playing uh, Frank, the radar operator, he was married to, uh, if you remember the show Mayberry RFD, sure. he was married to the woman that was the wife of Ken Berry on that show. So that's that's his claim to fame. Yeah, I was married to Ken Berry's wife. What? You know, so. I think you just, just justified this entire podcast. 
<laughs> well, we try. Yes, yeah, coming up next on the Larry Delaney minute. Uh, uh, but six has really set us up for the rest of this week, and we will uh, we'll get back into more about radar, <laughs> radar love, and all that trouble. Um, but let's uh, let's hold that on for for tomorrow. Uh, so please come and join us. We will see you uh, on the other side, hopefully with more mayhem Thanks for uh, shortly. Yep, hang hang in and come back Tuesday. In the meantime, good day. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Thank <laughs> you.